Hope you're enjoying church this morning. Thank you so much for uh, Travis and the worship team for leading us. Um, Dave, can you put up that last song, that, uh, the bridge of that last song? I just, uh, th those words just really struck me, just how raw they are. Um, if you could go to the bridge, the, uh, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down coming after me. Don't you, uh, are you amazed at how the, the lengths that God went to to get your attention? Uh, there's sometimes when I think about the things that God has, has done for me and the way that he has, uh, uh, the way that he has uh, pursued each and every one of us, it... Uh, it just amazes me. And so I, I was, we were singing that, and I, I was just struck by, there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up coming after me. Aren't you glad that's the kind of God we serve? Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I do have a couple things that uh, uh, I did neglect to mention. So the first one is this. Uh, the Pastoral Search Committee has put together a, um, uh, a survey as they to assist in uh, helping look for a new senior pastor for our church and so if you haven't gotten one and printed it off by email there should be some out on the table there uh, as you leave so make sure that you you take one and uh, and fill out the survey be very helpful to the uh, to the pastoral search committee who's been working uh, working very hard over the past few months i uh, also want to mention that after the service uh, we are going to need to tear down our sound system because there's some things happening here this week in this room. So uh, before you go to lunch, I would appreciate if you can just uh, give, us a, give us a hand. Many hands make light work so we can, we can get this uh, all torn down and put away very quickly. If, uh, if you wouldn't mind giving us, a, giving us a hand at the end if, you are, if you're able. So, Well, um, I have been, it seems like every time I stand up to... Uh, to speak or to give an announcement, I'm talking about our small groups. But uh, I want to just share with you something that happened in our small group a little while ago. So I lead, uh, on Sunday nights, I lead a uh, Deer Lake, uh, a small group in Deer Lake. And so we sort of felt like uh, Deer Lake needed a place for people who wanted to connect, who, who uh, are interested in Jesus and interested in spirituality and interested in uh, in learning more about God and starting a relationship with him, but maybe uh, aren't comfortable going to some of the churches in town just yet. And, and uh, they want a, a more of a, a neutral, relaxed sort of place to... Uh, so we started a, a small group there. Paul and Dana Gillard and I, uh, and Julia and Tamara. Julia was playing guitar here today. Uh, first night was, was the five of us, and we just kind of sat down and had donuts and coffee and, and talked about what we could, what our small group could be. Uh, kind of the vision for it. The past two Sundays, we've had about 25 people at our small group, which is not really a small group anymore. <laughs> it's more of a medium group. But we have people from, uh, from 11 right up to, uh, to people in their 80s who sit around and we, we, go, through, uh, we go through a lesson, but the, the thing that draws everybody in is the realness of the conversation. You can come and just be yourself. You can come and... Uh, um, you can come and connect with people, but, uh, but you don't have to put any masks on. And so that's one of the things about our, uh, our small groups that are really important. 
is, is we all need a place. Sunday mornings are great, and you can you come and you're part of part of this. And I, I think it's uh, I think it's essential. What's also essential is uh, having a place where you can sit with fellow believers and go, you know what, guys, I'm struggling. I'm feeling I'm feeling rough this week. Can you pray for me? And having that sort of place. And so we've really tried to make our Deer Lake small group, and I know the other small groups have done that. And so we've had, uh, we just keep getting new people every week to our, to our group. And, and our teenagers uh, that come, and uh, they love it. They come and they're engaged and they're, right, Julia? Like they actually enjoy coming, teenagers, right? We've got everybody together. I think that's what the family of God should be like. We come without masks, well, literal masks, yes. But our figurative masks that we wear hiding how we really are, I think we can leave those at the door. And uh, uh, people, uh, people seem to be responding. So keep praying for that group and pray for uh, what God would want us to do with, uh, uh, in, that, uh, in that area. We believe there are a lot of people who need Jesus in, in Deer Lake. And uh, we think that we are able to, uh, to provide a place where they come and, and, and meet him. A couple weeks ago at our small group, I sat down, and, and just before we started, uh, we have someone who kind of leads in worship as we, before we plays a couple songs, and before he started, I said, guys, listen, are you tired? Because I looked around the room, and I saw in everybody's face, it just looked like everybody was tired. And I said, guys, are you, I just, are you tired? And people all over the, the room just started to go like, yeah, <laughs> yep, yeah. I, I am. I spoke, with, um, I spoke with a friend of mine who's a, uh, who's a psychologist, a Christian, Christian counselor. And we were talking, and I just, I just casually mentioned to him, I said, I said yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just really tired. He said, you know what? COVID fatigue is real. He said, sometimes be, people think that because you're at home more or because, uh, uh, because maybe... Uh, we're forced to isolate that you shouldn't be tired. But people are genuinely tired. He said that people in the caring professions, uh, including pastors, are burning out at a huge rate. People are burning out more now than they ever have. I just want to ask you something. Are you tired? Now, I'm not saying this to be like, uh, be a bit of a downer, like, oh. But one of the things that I've noticed over the past year is that uh, people who should possibly, uh, you would think that if by working from home, uh, it's a little more restful, it's, it's a little bit of an easier schedule. But we're seeing people being actually very, very tired. If you're not working from home, if your routine hasn't changed much, we still have this added element of worry. We have an added element of new protocols that seems like every week we have to adjust to. There's, there's just a lot going on in our world, and I have spent, over the past few weeks, I have spent hours and hours on the phone with some of you. Hours. Things that are, th things that are, are, are uh, bothering you, things that are, you're worn out from, things that are troubling you. And I, I've spent hours on the phone with people from our church who... We could boil it down to the fact that we're tired. These people are just, just worn out. Now, I don't, I, again, I don't want to sound pessimistic, but I have felt 
I have heard and I have seen it in faces over the past few months from our congregation that people are tired. And I, I hope this doesn't make you uncomfortable because I, I'm not going to... Um, this is not meant to come, come down on anyone. This is not, like I said, to be negative. But it's something that as a pastor I have seen and it's something that has concerned me greatly. This, uh, there seems to be uh, just this, uh, this sort of wave of fatigue. And so I want to look, I'm leaning pretty heavily this morning on a book that, uh, that I picked up a little while ago and it's been something that over the past couple months I've been reading, but on my mind a lot. This is a book called, by Adam Mabry called The Art of Rest. And I'm going to be leaning on this pretty heavily this morning, but I just want to talk to you this morning about rest, right? When you think of rest, what do you think? We say, uh, you need to get your rest to our kids, right? You need to maybe get your eight hours, 10 hours of sleep. Some of us 14, 16 hours, I don't know. <laughs> Eugene's shaking his head, no. So, but you know what? A lot of us don't get enough rest. It's not just what I'm talking about, sleep. I'm not just talking about days off or vacation. What I'm talking about is biblical, spiritual, godly rest. And I have seen over, over the past year, uh, uh, 14, 16 months, I've seen how easy it is to allow that sort of rest to, to kind of be pushed aside and to be neglected. And so we're going to turn with me for a second to Exodus 20. And some of you right away will know what Exodus 20 is. Without looking in your Bible, somebody tell me what Exodus 20, uh, what's included in Exodus 20. Anybody know? Ten Commandments. That's right. Now, this is not ten suggestions. This is ten commandments. I want to read to you. Um, I want to read to you um, verse, uh, Exodus 20, verse 8. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you will not do any work, neither you nor your son, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days God made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Right here in the Ten Commandments, God is instructing the Israelites to keep the Sabbath day holy. Uh, it, it, it kind of goes back to Genesis and says, uh, it says on the seventh day God rested after working for six days. And so he, uh, the commandment here is to the Israelites. Now, I want you to understand something. These Israelites are... are um, I would imagine they can still hear echoing in their ears the shouts of the Egyptians. These are people who were just, um, they were just uh, rescued. They were just uh, freed from the, the oppression, from the slavery of the Egyptians. Now, the Egyptian bondage that the Israelites were in reduced these people to machines. Reduced them to, to, to machines. Seven days of pure, hard labor. And so uh, these Israelites are, this is what many of them have grown up with. This is their, their uh, the only thing that they know is this slavery. And now that they're free, God is saying to them, listen, here's, here's the thing. You served a master in Egypt that wore you out and treated you like a machine. But I want you to know 
that you now serve a master. Your God, the one that you serve, doesn't treat you that way. That this is, this is not a, a suggestion, hey, why don't you take a day off? This is a commandment of the Lord. You need to rest. And so the Israelites now can see, see hey, I, I, I serve a God who, who cares about me. And I serve a master who's not just out to get what they can at my expense. Now, there's also an element in here that I think is really interesting, that uh, the Israelites are commanded to make sure that their servants take a day off. Not only do you serve a master who is, um, who, who is kind and loving, but you also need to be a master that is kind and loving. Not like the Egyptians that you just uh, served, that you were just freed from. And so God cares about it in so much that the Sabbath was set as a sign of God's covenant at Sinai. God cared deeply about the well-being of his people by instituting the Sabbath. Now, I'm not here to argue about Sabbath and what you can. You know what? I grew up. Um, I remember being, uh, coming home from church one day and one of my friends knocked at the door knocked at the door and said, can Dan come out and play baseball? And I went, oh, it's Sunday. So I went to mom and said, mom, can I play baseball? She went, yes, you can go. Don't have any fun. <laughs> well, she said. So I'm not, like I said, I'm, you know what? My grandfather, who was the, uh, for many years, was the general superintendent of the Pentecostal Assemblies in Newfoundland. He was a very... Um, you know, people looked up to him, and he, he, I remember hearing him say when I was a little kid, he said, if I get to heaven and find out I couldn't go salmon fishing on Sunday, I'm going to be some bad, that's what he said. And, but we sort of grown up with that. I'm not here to argue whether Sunday is, you know, what you can and cannot do on, on Sunday. That's not the point of this. But what I am here to say is that in, in the New Testament, Jesus comes, and he, he tells us, uh, verse 11, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28, I want you to read this with me. And I hope that this verse gives you hope this morning. I hope it gives you rest. I hope it gives you a, a sense of peace. Matthew 11, verse 28. Come on, there it is. Matthew 11, verse 28. Some of you can probably even quote this to me, but... It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is what? My burden is light. Jesus here gives an invitation. Not to take a day off and not to take a vacation or take a nap, but Jesus is saying here, He's giving an invitation to himself because Jesus is our rest. Now, you see, we, we see in the, in, the, in the Old Testament, we see these Israelites who, um, who are commanded to take a, take a day where uh, you could do nothing. You had, to, you had to rest on the Sabbath. Here Jesus is saying, come to me. I am your rest. You see, right now, in this uh, age, we have the Spirit of God among us. We have access into the throne room 
of God in a way that the Old Testament people could have only dreamt of. So while one day of the week the Israelites were invited to rest, do you know what? You and I have an invitation constantly to find rest at the feet of Jesus. So this, this sermon isn't about a, a, a Sabbath or what you can and can't do on a Sunday. This is about the fact that Jesus Christ invites you into rest. I don't know about you, but my tired heart hears that and goes, oh. <laughs> Jesus right now this morning is inviting you into rest. Now, what exactly does that look like? Okay, I want to, uh, I want to just go through um, just a little bit. We'll talk about, talk about rest, but I want to say that it's more than just getting more sleep. It's more than taking a day off. It's more than a vacation. It's more than going to Labrador, skidooing. Come on. But rest is, uh, I would say, rest is intentional care for your physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. Now, we know that all these things are intertwined. We know that, um, that your, your, uh, each area affects the other. But I would say that your rest, godly rest, rest like you will find in here, is taking care of your, spirit, your physical, your emotional, and your spiritual needs. And uh, so, number one, I would say that rest has an element of resistance to it. So we live in a culture that says more is better we live in a culture, have you ever heard the phrase self-made man or self-made woman? You ever heard the term, um, you are what you do? Well, I would say that rest says this, you are more than what you do. Where is your identity found? It's not found in what you do, what title is on your door, what your... Um, what your grandkids or your children call you. It's not in any of those things. It's not in how much money you have in your account. Your identity this morning is first and foremost in Jesus Christ. So when we rest, we acknowledge that uh, I am more than what I do. I am a child of God. Uh, the second thing that, that rest causes us to resist is, is this idea that I am the one in control. You know what worry is? And listen, worry will wear you out quicker than a hard day's work. Worry is maintaining control. Trying to maintain control when you really don't have any. And so what Jesus is saying here when he invites us into his rest is uh, saying, I, I, instead of saying I need to worry, work, and strive... Instead of saying, I can carry the burden, Jesus invites us to carry the burden. So rest, uh, even, uh, even though we, we may not be swinging a hammer or digging a ditch, the fact that our minds uh, are, are occupied, the fact that we worry, is, uh, is lack of rest. And so Christ is saying, let me carry the burden for you. The next thing, and this one is pretty, uh, pretty important, the next thing that rest causes us to resist is the need to be significant. That I need to make a mark. That I need to make something of myself. That's something that the world... I've even seen articles like uh, this past week 
about what kind of legacy are you going to leave behind you. And so sometimes we can work to make ourselves significant or to justify our own existence in the presence of others. I want to tell you something. Only thing that matters is Jesus Christ. Last will be first, first shall be last. Jesus needs to be number one. Our life, it's a, a, resting is a resistance against this need to be significant, to make something of ourselves. Rest says, rest says, Jesus, you're the one who I want to glorify not myself. So rest has an element of, like I said, an element of resistance to it, but rest, the second thing I want to point out about rest is that it causes us to remember. It causes us to remember God's grace. I want to, Travis's songs this morning just really dovetail with what I want to talk about this morning. And uh, I love it when that happens. I really do. You know what? The grace of God is something that we uh, can often take for granted, something that some, we, we forget about. As we go about our busy lives, we, we are very good at forgetting. <laughs> we sometimes have spiritual amnesia, but God says, um, God says, come to me to rest, and it is a remembrance that we are not in control. God tells us that work or the world tells us that work, worry, and striving is what saves us. That all of the progress, because of all the hard work that's been put in, uh, in all areas of society is what saves us. But the truth is, only the grace of God can sustain us. Not our effort. We cannot save ourselves. And so what work, or what rest is, is just a pause. It's a pause, and it says... You know what? I trust God that you are going to provide. That you, uh, I don't need to strive, work, and worry in order to, to sustain myself. It's an act, uh, uh, an act of trust in God, a God who loves us and sustains us. So when we rest, we are putting, uh, we're pressing the pause button and actually saying, God, I believe that the world's not going to shut down because I'm, I'm, I'm resting right now. Sometimes we feel that we can't. Sometimes we feel if we don't worry, something bad's going to happen. Sometimes we feel if we don't work, something bad is going to happen. But what God is saying is, trust me. Trust my grace. Trust that I am in control and I sustain you. When we stop striving, we trust God will not let the world fall apart. When we are able to stop worrying, we admit that he is in control. It's a remembrance of God's grace. And it is him even when we don't deserve it. Jesus calls us to rest in him. Okay, easier said than done. What does that look like in your life and in mine? This is not meant to put pressure on anybody. This is not meant to say you're not doing this enough or you're not, you're not trying hard enough because that just adds another burden on you. But what this is is an invitation for you to walk freely into the presence of a Savior who wants to give you rest. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Okay. So what is rest? Uh, in this book, he gives us seven things that I just want to qu quickly share with you. Number one, sleep 
I, uh, this is one I struggle with. Sometimes I go to bed and toss and turn and I wake up the next morning just tired. <laughs> Are we sleeping? That's a pretty practical one, caring for our physical, physical uh, sleep. Uh, he also mentions here reading, spending time uh, engaging, your, engaging your mind in that way. Number three, prayer, spending time in the presence of God is a restful thing. It's, you know what? It strikes me, even now as I'm saying this, that the, the Christ invites us into his presence to rest. And that is actually uh, enabled by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit at work in us. He gives us that peace and that rest. Um, anybody getting sleepy, me talking about rest so much? I think some of you are, but that's okay. Number four, advocate. I think that might be a, a new word. It was to me, I've got to be honest, but it's doing something productive that you enjoy that's not your vocation. I know for me, one of the most restful things that I can do is go in my basement and, and uh, I've got a little bit of a studio set up. One of the most if I, uh, it, restful things that I do is, is just sit and play music and, and record it and just just not for any reason, not to release it or to do anything like that, but just it's a, an avocation and it makes me, uh, it brings rest to me. Number five, rec recreate. Recreate. It's a uh, recreation. You know what? God wants us to play. God wants us to take time to be uh, those things that bring us joy to, to engage in those things. And so that, that brings him pleasure and it brings us rest. Number six, care, caring for your nutritional needs. And number seven is worship. Spending time in God's presence, just worshiping him and focusing on him. Intentionally shifting your focus from yourself to, to Christ brings rest to our souls. So I want to just let you know this morning, Jesus invites us into his rest. COVID fatigue is real. Life can be difficult. Life can be, can seem like, sometimes it seems like each day is, <laughs> uh, depending on where you are on the spectrum of, of uh, like where you work or, or what your context is, some days seem like they're all the same. Other days seems like, it seems like everything is changing too quickly. But you know what? There's a lot of people, uh, those of us, uh, there's some of us included in this room who, who need the rest of, of God in our lives. And so I want to read you that passage again from Matthew 11, just as we close. It says this, Jesus, and I want you to, as I read this, I want you to understand that he is calling you into this, not as a, uh, another thing on your to-do list, but he's calling us, he's inviting us into this as a, uh, a God who loves us, cares about us. And uh, as a God who, um, who wants us to, um, to spend time with him and wants to, he wants to restore our souls. And, and so just allow this invitation to kind of sink into your heart. Uh, verse 28 says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
Let's pray. Lord, this morning I, I stand amongst a group of, of my brothers and sisters, my friends, and uh, I have seen over and over just the fatigue that has happened that uh, uh, through, because winter is, has, has recently gone and, and we've spent a year in, um, in the midst of this COVID uncertainty and, and just the, the elements of life that keep coming, uh, coming at us. Lord, we have, I've seen uh, in the faces of, of people just how tired some people are. I've seen, um, I've seen it in the conversations that I've had with people. And Lord, I just ask right now that your spirit would come and bring rest to our souls. Father, that you would help us see that this invitation to rest is an invitation, um, an invitation into your presence. Lord, it is an invitation into um, being, uh, being cared for by a God who loves us. It's not another burden. It's not another thing on our to-do list. But it is a, a sense of, um, there's a sense of comfort there. There's a, uh, there's a sense that we serve a God who loves us, who, who, who wants the best for us. And a God who shows us that rest is important. We are not machines. Lord, our minds were not meant to worry. Lord, we are, you command us to, to not worry. Lord, you're, uh, you have called us into a, uh, into a productive life. You've called us into a life that is, um, uh, we, we work for you, Lord, but, but you've also called us to remember rest. Lord, we recognize that rest pushes against a lot of the, uh, the things in our, our lives, a lot of the, the messages that the world tells us. We also recognize that rest helps us remember the grace of God in our lives and that the world doesn't depend on me. So Lord, I thank you. I just ask that this week you would help each of us to find, uh, find rest for our souls, for our bodies, for our emotions, and uh, uh, you would be with us as we go. I pray your blessing upon all my brothers and sisters in this place today. In your name. Amen. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us this week at church. I just want to remind you that uh, we do have to tear down this sound system. So before you rest, why don't you work for a few minutes? Hey. <laughs> have a good week, everyone. Blessings. <laughs>